Podcast Network. When you can stand with a clear mind while all around you are losing theirs, you must be listening to TNN, the Truth News Network. And your better man is Dan Newman. I'm here. I'm right here, folks. <laughs> wow. What a day. What a night. What an evening yesterday. And what a nation we find ourselves living in. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to TNN Live, last day of the month of March this year. This year is just getting started, but it's flying by already. I just can't get used to it. I guess the older I get, I want them to slow down a little bit. I remember when I was little, I couldn't wait for Easter to get here because we got Easter eggs and we got those gold brick eggs, chocolate. You remember those? Oh, by the way, have you tried to buy any any time in recent Easter's? They're still the same. Two differences, though. They don't put quite the number of nuts inside it as they do, and it's about half the size it was when I first was introduced to gold brick eggs back in the 60s. You're old, Dan. You can bet I'm old. Absolutely. So, Easter's upon us already. I used to couldn't wait for Easter. Then I couldn't wait for school to get out. Then I couldn't wait for vacation on the beach. Then I couldn't wait to go back to school. And then, of course, it was Thanksgiving holiday, Christmas. Oh, Christmas. And then the Christmas holidays after that. And now... When I begin a week, I look at Monday and say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I I can't believe we're already to Monday, and I, I just want this week to last longer. I guess it's just a product of humanity, I think, maybe biologically. That's the way many of us, if not most of us, end up living our lives at some point or another. Well... This will be a monumental day in American history. In fact, between now and Election Day 2024, we're going to have a bunch of monumental historical days in American history. This will be the most watched, the most analyzed, and the most important election in your lifetime. I promise you. And what's going to happen between now and November 2024? We can't even fathom what's going to happen. I can't believe what happened yesterday. And it hadn't even happened yet. It was just announced yesterday. Of course, I'm talking about the 900-pound gorilla in the room. That is the impending indictment that the New York, the Manhattan Grand Jury, voted to bring against the former president. And we'll get the details. We're told it's sealed right now. However, I can't imagine in American politics, in Democrat American politics, in New York Democrat American politics, anything would be sealed. The leakers in media, the leakers in the Democrat Party, when those leaks are, you know, very applicable and appropriate and beneficial to them, at least as they think they are, we hear about the content of stuff that should never be released. Watch. 
if there was a lot of really bad stuff in this indictment coming out, you can bet your bippy we'd know exactly what it contains. And here we are, what, 18 hours, 15 hours, 14 hours after we first heard it was coming, and we don't know a thing about it. Speculation is all that we have. And I think purposefully, that's one of the tools Democrats have in their their quiver and arrow of timing. They are masters of timing. And I think basically what this was leaked, at least the fact that there was an indictment voted for by the grand jury. The fact that there's nothing else coming out about it tells me there probably isn't any there there. But what they do is they try to weaponize everything that happens in politics, weaponize it to their benefit. Obviously, if they could somehow get rid of the orange man, and they've been trying from the very get-go, haven't they? Even before the get-go, they tried. That would make it a shoe-in for a re-election bid for Joe Biden. That's just one objective. I have no idea what the others are. Let me tell you what we're going to do today. This may even be a one-hour show today. Haven't decided yet. It depends on the flow, the interest, how many people are looking in. If you looked at truthnewsnet.org this morning for our normal story, shortest story ever published at truthnewsnet.org, and it basically said, hey, the 900-pound gorilla in the room is the indictment upcoming of former President Donald Trump. If you want details, tune in tomorrow morning to TNN Live. <laughs> and here we are. I haven't looked yet at our numbers. Usually, folks, uh, they kind of take their time on the front end of the show. Our audience is about twice as big already as it normally is at this time in the show. So a lot of people are tuning in. We're going to dive into it. And I got to be honest with you, I'm going to give you my personal analysis. I'm going to let you listen to the analyses of several other people. I think we all need to hear from some people that aren't die hard in the tank, politically attached to one party or the other when it comes to this issue. And just get an opinion over here and get an opinion over there, and then I'll throw mine in. And we'll see what happens. That sound fair enough? That will probably determine the length of the show today. And uh, we want everything to be content-related. And as long as we have good content about important things and factual things that we can speak to you about, We're going to continue to move in that direction. Meanwhile, I forget which album this is from. Great song by Chicago. Pete Cetera singing lead. I've been searching so long.
it's one of their big time hits from one of their albums. I've, I was looking while the song was being played. I think it's from Chicago 8. All their albums, they numbered them obviously, but they had a real good one that particular time. I think it was 8. It's either 7, Chicago 7 or Chicago 8. Now, why would that be important to you? It really isn't important. (laughs) I just had it on my mind. Let me clear the air for you. I did not sleep last night. A lot of reasons. One was my concentration on all of this stuff that uh, I felt like because it's Friday, we needed to get it everything in that was going to be really important. There are a lot of people out there that are struggling with this thing already. And listen. You've got enough consternation in your life. You don't need any more that is unnecessary. And to be quite honest with you, this indictment's going to come down regardless. And if there's any there there, Donald Trump may be tried and may be found guilty. Now, how are you going to get from here to there as an inevitable? an inevitability or a possibility. How are you going to handle it? Well, if you're going to spend every day worrying and fretting about it, you're going to be a miserable human being. And Democrats are going to make sure you're as miserable as they can make you because they want to control your thoughts. They want to control your mind. They want to control everything that we're about. One thing coming up in the show today is something that I think is really really critical, and it's about government and political parties controlling what Americans see, hear, and therefore think. Hmm. We're going to pound on a bunch of things. One thing that kept me from sleeping was that. The other thing, I've told you about our studio dog. She's really not a dog. She's our daughter, Olivia, five-pound Yorkshire Terrier. She comes into the studio every day with me. And when I'm broadcasting, like right now, she would be laying atop the studio desk next to the computer screen, laying there looking at me, and she does that for two hours every day. If she's not able to do that, not invited to do that, She gets highly incensed. Yesterday, she had surgery for three things. Little girl had to be taken care of, had a small tumor that they removed. They're sending it off. But then she had four teeth pulled. So think about that in a five-pound dog. She is miserable. So dad... Dad didn't go to bed last night. Dad sat in a chair with Olivia in his lap all night long, making sure she didn't have any problems. I took her outside several times, made sure she had plenty of water to drink, make sure she drank some water. That's what dads do, right? And I'm giving that as an excuse for not sleeping. The big reason I didn't sleep, I hate to admit it, it It was because of worry and fretting about all of this. Now, I want to go back to the very beginning of the day when this just exploded on the media front. And I want you to hear from somebody who I have a lot of respect for because simply he says it 
as it is every time he gets a microphone. And you see him, you hear him often. He's on every night on Fox News. Jesse Waters, my world. He went on the air about 15 minutes after this thing broke last night. And I just happened to have a television in the house on. I had the volume down, wasn't listening. And when I saw him and I realized what he was going to be talking about, I turned turned the audio on. I wanted to make sure I heard what he had to say. And it struck me so deeply that I felt like you needed to hear it. Here's Jesse Waters. Dan Bongino stepped in last night. You'll hear from Dan a little bit a part of this. But I think Jesse says what most Americans, including Democrats, think about this latest Donald Trump witch hunt event. Fox News alert. For the first time in American history, a former president's been indicted. This day will go down as a dark day for America. President Trump's been indicted by New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg for a private civil settlement he made with a woman seven years ago. Bragg's star witnesses, Michael Cohen, a convicted felon and disbarred lawyer, and Stormy Daniels, a porn actress who begged for hush money and worked with Michael Avenatti, another convicted felon who just so happened to get women to falsely accuse Brett Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct. So where's the crime? A lawyer settled a civil case with a woman? How many civil cases has Bill Clinton settled with women? How many civil cases have members of Congress settled with women? We were told by the Democrats in the media that your private life's your private life. Everything was consensual. Now all of a sudden consensual is a felony. And they're literally prosecuting the former president over sex? Sex which Donald Trump denies. He claims he was extorted. The left has been saying they want to get the government out of the bedroom. They just kicked down the bedroom door. This is a calculated move. Do you think Donald Trump be indicted if he wasn't running? Trump's poll numbers were looking good. And now Democrats will have the most famous photo of all time in their arsenal. Trump's mugshot. It'll be plastered on billboards, T-shirts, campaign ads, everywhere you look for the next two years. Mugshot will be front page every newspaper, lead story, every network, every cable show. Democrats are branding Trump as a criminal, along with the 74 million people who voted for him. They think the mugshot will scare you. They're wrong. This will light a fire inside every rational thinking American. A former president, the biggest political threat to the current president, his opponent, has been indicted by a Democrat. President Trump released a statement saying this, quote, from the time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Tower, And even before I was sworn in as your president of the United States, the radical left Democrats, the enemy of the hardworking men and women of this country, have been engaged in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great Again movement. The Democrats have lied, cheated, and stolen in their obsession with trying to get Trump. But now they've done the unthinkable, indicting a completely innocent person in an act of blatant election interference. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, who is handpicked and funded by George Soros, is a disgrace. Rather than stopping the unprecedented crime wave taking over New York City, he's doing Joe Biden's dirty work, ignoring the murders and burglaries and assaults he should be focused on. This is how Bragg spends his time. Let's turn it over to Dan Bongino, host of Unfiltered on Saturday nights. Dan, you're 
Looking a little emotional. I feel the same way. How do you feel? Well, um, listen, you, I don't really feel right right now living in this police state. I mean, we're in a police state. I'm not even arguing this with the, you know, liberal zeros out there who watch this network all the time. I mean, some of them, their only job is to watch our shows, which is kind of humiliating. But that's for another day. It's not open for debate that we live in a police state. And, you know, I was listening to your monologue, Jesse, and the first thing I was thinking is I, I remember when I was doing an advance in the Secret Service in a foreign country that it had troubles with it, the democratic process. I'll leave out what country it is, but I assure you, unlike a Joe Biden story, this actually happened. And we were sitting around this big table and the military folks and the staffers for this foreign country wouldn't talk to the staff. They would only talk to us in the Secret Service, which is a problem because we don't make the schedule. The staff does. So I brought the military guy over and I said, listen, you know, why won't you address the staff? They're involved in this, too. They said, you know, he who has the guns has the power. You guys have the guns. We'll talk to you. It's ironic because that was under the Obama administration. And little did I know that that was going to be where we are now. If you've got the guns... You got the power. I mean, show up at a uh, school board meeting to complain about your kid being taught to be a racist. You find yourself with an FBI specially designated code delineated by the Department of Justice after they got a letter demanding you be investigated as a terrorist. But again, you're the president of the United States' kid. Your business partner goes on a national cable channel, Fox News, and goes, hey, the guy sitting in the White House right now is the chairman of an internationally corrupt influence peddling organization. And what do you do? You get invited to the White House and you sell a piece of blowhole art for $500,000 to someone we have no idea who it is. And, and, you know, I heard a liberal on this network before, too, as well, say, which I thought was the most telling statement because and she may have been sitting right next to you. It was really incredible. And I'm not she's not here to defend herself, to be fair. But it's funny when they say the quiet part out loud. She said, you know, this is going to be really powerful. It makes me feel powerful because it's going to be like this asterisk on Donald Trump forever. And I thought, man. Did you just sum up liberalism? There you go right there. You need that power, don't you? You needed this so bad. You need him in handcuffs so bad. Now, let me just say one more thing. Sure. I'm sorry, I don't mean to hijack your show. But uh, listen, you may have just handed Donald Trump the indictment. Uh, excuse me, the, with the indictment along with I, the, the, probably the greatest Freudian slip ever. You handed him an indictment while handing him the nomination. At the same time, you may have just, I don't know, I mean, I don't want to get out ahead of my skis, there's a lot of time here, but I can tell you everything he has said to people about they're not coming for you, uh, they're, they're, not, they're coming for me because I'm in the way. Now you look at this tonight and you're like, yeah, that kind of sounds right to me. You're going to break 200 years of U.S. precedent about indicting your political opponents over a business records charge that happened seven years ago? With a woman named Stormy Daniels, that's that's what you got. That's what you're going to do. You're going to roll with that. Yeah, they're going to do that. Because you want an asterisk. They're absolutely yeah, yeah. going to do that. And Jessica, oh, yeah. who is sitting next to me, the way I saw what she said was she said that this felt too powerful. It felt strong. Not that she enjoyed the strength of indicting a former president. I felt she was saying it maybe was overkill. We'll have to ask her yeah, uh, how she maybe, really maybe she feels was. about it Listen, next she's time. not here to defend yeah, herself. Yeah, she's not so here I, to defend herself. But, but uh, you said uh, something. But, uh, regardless, I, I sure. don't really. Listen, I'm, I don't care because I'm not playing cutesy time. I'm, I'm really, I'm the wrong host. I really don't care. Uh, I just, I, I can't stand liberals and I can't <laughs> take them anymore. And I'm serious. I, I, you know, 
she should have spoken out like every other liberal and said, listen, I don't like this guy. I think maybe we could beat him at the ballot box. Whatever happened, happened seven years ago. The hard reality is, you know, he's a former president running for president right now against the guy in the White House. Uh, this was a charge dropped by federal prosecutors. Maybe do the right thing, and the right thing would be to run this election the way elections are run, which is not out of a jail cell with guns pointed at your political opponents like they do in the third world. You know, maybe that's like kind of something you might want to say i'm just going to throw that out there i mean you have an opportunity to do the right thing i mean yeah you know what's ironic you have actual evidence of a criminal enterprise joe biden inc is running in conjunction with the business partners but it's kind of strange you know you don't hear me on the air every night screaming for joe biden to get locked up and impeached i'd love to see him impeached but we don't have the votes right now so i don't waste a lot of air on it yet liberals always have the opportunity to do the right thing and it's amazing how they never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity well, you know if they, if they had the votes why are they doing this dan i mean you had joe biden had more votes than any other president in american history he yeah, has he, the votes well, why votes. is he locking right, up his yeah. opponent if, if he's gonna if he's gonna get reelected? we have actually now statement from the desantis team i'm gonna read it to you guys it says the weaponization of the legal system to advance a political agenda turns the rule of law on its head it is un-american the Soros-backed Manhattan district attorney has consistently bent the law to downgrade felonies and to excuse criminal misconduct. Yet, now he's stretching the law to target a political opponent. Florida will not assist in an extradition request given the questionable circumstances at issue with this Soros-backed Manhattan prosecutor and his political agenda. So they're not allowing the former president to zoom in for this arraignment. They're demanding, we believe, he go to Manhattan and get booked and fingerprinted and get the mugshot. Is the extradition situation in play, as DeSantis suggests? Um, I doubt it. Uh, you know, the, the governor did the right thing there. That was, uh, that was a, a smart and uh, ethically the right thing to do, because this is clearly a police state maneuver by Alvin Bragg. Um, no, and I'll tell you why. Imagine you're in vacation on the Bahamas on the weekend, right, or whatever you're doing, and the FBI calls you and says, hey, uh, you know, we're going to indict you on Monday on some kind of what, whatever charge, felonious mopery. And you say, well, all right, I'll be back on Tuesday. They're not going to seek extradition unless there's a complication about you turning up in court. Uh, so, I, I mean, I doubt that's going to happen. But, but think about how pathetic this case really was. You have 23 grand jurors, right? You only need 12, so you need about half, right? You don't even need beyond a reasonable doubt evidence that the subject you're talking about is guilty. You need just probable cause that a crime was committed. And it took them months to get that. And you're suggesting to me that in a trial that has to be unanimous, beyond a reasonable doubt, that same prosecutors thought this all was a good idea? Listen, there's the joke, you know, a Dida ham sandwich, I get it. But the fact is, they were better off with a ham sandwich because it took them weeks and months to indict Donald Trump. They would have had the ham sandwich weeks ago. And him going up there, by the way, is the best thing he can do. He should walk out of that court, raise his right hand, and give a press conference right there. Ray gave a press conference right there about how the police state is being used to destroy the constitutional public. Republic so many fought so bravely to hand down to this generation. I brought that to you. So you would get a perspective from somebody who was right on top of it, right when it happened late yesterday. 
and get the first blush opinion now, there's going to be wave after wave after wave of new information. People waiting breathlessly, hanging on any and every word that they hear about the orange man going to jail. So let me give you my insight into this. As you probably know, Alvin L. Bragg, he's the district attorney in Manhattan. He's a Democrat. What he did was he breathed new life into the infamous boast of Joseph Stalin's secret police chief. You probably don't remember him, LaVentry Berea, when the Manhattan prosecutor targeted the former president in that 2016 payment made to Stormy Daniels. We don't know the details yet. Bragg's decision to push for that indictment against Trump, presumably for falsifying business records, it promises to usher in a new political age, one in which local prosecutors are going to begin to target partisan enemies, big and small, making a mockery of the criminal justice system in the process. The fact that news of these charges leaked to the left's favorite scribes at the New York Times, while the indictment remains still under seal, punctuates perfectly the Sovietesque times in which we live. The legacy media may not be state-run, but they peddle propaganda nonetheless. So until the indictment is unsealed, and wise minds will think that it's going to happen on Tuesday or Wednesday. Until then, though, any conversation of the charges requires some guesswork. And with sources late last night reportedly telling CNN the grand jury charged Trump with more than 30 counts, the prognostication is much more difficult. Now, somebody, anonymous we're told, told CNN that. So, because CNN is the one that reported there are 30 counts included in the indictment, I give it maybe a 30 or 40% chance, at best, to being truthful. From earlier reports, it looks like the DA's criminal case against Trump revolves around Section 17505 and 17510 of the New York Penal Code. Both of those sections define the state crime of falsifying business records with section 17505 providing a person is guilty of falsifying business records in the second degree when with the intent to defraud he or she makes or causes a false entry in the business records of an enterprise section 17510 converts the second degree misdemeanor to a felony If the person falsified business records with the intent to commit another crime or to aid or conceal the commission of another crime. Yeah, you got all that right. Let me just throw a quick thought in here about what you just heard. Between now And November next year, we are going to hear what I just told you about thousands of times from mainstream media. 
the factual theory for charging the former president with falsifying business records seems to rest on, quote, Trump allegedly causing the Trump organization to falsely report payments made to Michael Cohen in 2017 as legal expenses when the money instead reimbursed and then some Cohen for the $130,000 payment he made to Stormy Daniels before the 2016 election to keep the porn star from publicly claiming she had sex a decade earlier. The Trump organization then reportedly paid Cohen $35,000 a month for legal services in 2017, while Cohen never provided any legal work for the business. So, legal pundits, here we go, the experts. They believe the indictment will ratchet up the alleged falsifying of legal expenses offense to a felony by charging Trump with lying about the payments to Cohen to conceal a violation of federal election law. Now, Cohen has already admitted to paying off Daniels to advance Trump's electoral chances, and he appears poised to be a star witness against Trump. Big problem, though. We have it in writing. We reported Monday of this week a letter. We read you a letter that Cohen wrote, and he disavowed that Donald Trump had anything to do with the Stormy Daniels payments and that nobody in the Trump family or the organization, nor Trump himself, knew about any of this stuff that Cohen did. But you know what? When you have a Trump story going on, facts don't matter. Just say what you want to say. There's another possibility, however. It's that Manhattan DA's indictment accuses Trump of falsifying the organization's legal expenses to aid in tax fraud. Braggs has already declined to charge Trump with federal election law violations. That's not Braggs. That's a U.S. attorney making any attempt that Bragg would make to tie the federal offense to the state charge of falsifying business records. It would reek of political payback. Bragg's expected use of Trump's physical absence from New York ironically because he was serving as commander-in-chief in in D.C., to sidestep the five-year statute of limitations that applies to a felony of falsifying business records will also add to the stench of this whole thing. And a public that we all were part of that watched Trump hounded since he first announced his candidacy for president isn't likely to focus on the legal technicalities of the statute of limitations. Rather, average American Joe is going to consider the delayed charging of Trump to be a desperate ploy to concoct a crime. Trump himself, by the way, was quick to advance that theory, opening his press release by calling the indictment, quote, political persecution, and election interference at the highest level in history. He continued, From the time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Tower, the radical left Democrats have been engaged in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great Again movement. 
You remember, just like I do, Trump's stress, ticking off the attacks. Russia, Russia, Russia. The Mueller hoax. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax one. Impeachment hoax two. The illegal and unconstitutional Mar-a-Lago raid. And now this. So we're told Trump's going to appear in a Manhattan court on Tuesday for his arraignment. Whether the indictment is unsealed before then is unknown. I doubt if it will be. I think everybody on the other side, including all of those politicians in Manhattan, they want this to stay bottled up as long as they can to let the craziness build and grow. The leaks continue, including, as noticed above, news that the grand jury reportedly charged Trump with more than 30 criminal counts. So unless Bragg has uncovered something much beyond the details already reported about the Daniels payment, Bragg's will have only made matters worse by pushing for an indictment of the former president on more than 30 criminal counts. Given the lack of leaks about anything new, which is what I said at the top of this segment, the most likely scenario is that the grand jury got to 30-plus counts by charging Trump with separate counts for each of the monthly payments made to Cohen in 2017. Then, the grand jury could add additional counts for each and every month Trump allegedly made the payment to aid or conceal the commission of another crime. With this approach, it isn't hard to see how easily the grand jury could convert one hush money payment into some 30 crimes. And while the left and the never-Trump right might see a lengthy indictment as further proof of Trump's malfeasance, if the indictment contains no new details, the piling on a reach of the reported 33 counts against the former president doesn't make Trump look more guilty. It makes Bragg look more like Berea, Stalin, Joseph Stalin's sidekick. My two cents. And oh, by the way, uh, we got some other folks with their two cents. <laughs> and we're going to wait. Don't go anywhere, folks. We're 38 minutes into the show today. I told you at the top of the show it may be abbreviated. But there are some things outside of the Trump situation that we need to touch base on. We're going to get to that. Some more Trump stuff right after this. 35 years after the original movie, Fox is bringing you back to where it all began. Nobody was baby in the corner. This is the real Dirty Dance. Yeah. Eight celebrities compete to become the real baby and Johnny. Where my Johnny is? Some will rise. Some will fall. All will have the time of their life. The real Dirty Dancing four-week event starts Tuesday at 9 on Fox 5. Does it matter to you that all our chefs are well-trained? Or that our kitchens are both SLSI and GMP certified? That we freshly bake goodies throughout the day? Well, it matters to us to know that your family will enjoy every bite. At Kiehl's, we're fresh because of what we do. But more than that, we're fresh because of you. 
Starbucks Via Instant is made with the same 100% Arabica beans served at Starbucks. So it's the only instant with the rich, delicious taste of the Starbucks coffees you love and takes only seconds to make. Starbucks Via Instant, the only instant coffee of its kind. Available in black flavored lattes and iced coffee. I pass through the trees. I leave behind the mountains. I weave in the air. I fly over the birds. And I wish when I complete my journey, I leave behind a better world. Honda Civic Hybrid, India's first hybrid car with IV Tech engine. Leave behind a better world. While some compromise to be nice, others aggressively hold to the truth. Guess which one we are? TNN, the Truth News Network. You know, those of you that are regulars, you know this show streams live to 92 different countries. Streams around the world broadcast Matrix, our partners in Seattle that do the streaming job. And I like to take a look and see who's listening every day and from where. And I scanned during commercial breaks. And it was kind of shocking to look at where people are listening in this morning trying to get facts. Auckland, New Zealand. I've told you before, we have a big crowd in New Zealand and also in Australia that listen to the show. Put this in perspective. There are at least 150 people in Auckland. Auckland, New Zealand, that are listening now. Hello to all of you over there. It's 3.41 tomorrow morning in Auckland. We broadcast this show live from Tel Aviv last month, the first part of this month, March. And we have listeners today in Tel Aviv. It's 5.41 this evening there. People are hungry for facts. And listen, folks, the United States of America is the shining light on the hill for millions, probably billions of people on the globe. They look at us and they want to come here. They want to, in many cases, be like Americans, and they certainly want their lives to be like Americans' lives are, and government to be more like Americans have than what they have in their own countries. And so we want to thank everybody that listens to this show. We get we get texts and emails all the time, and we do our best to respond personally to every one of those, and I want to thank you for all of those. The saddest thing about listeners that ever happened to us, we had over 900 regulars for two years that were students at the University of Moscow in Russia. And they found this show because the head of international politics there looked and found two podcasts in the U.S., one liberal or leftist and one conservative, that he made mandatory listening to all the students in that particular section at Moscow. 900 plus, we found out by accident why we were getting those subscriptions and all the emails that 
were being subscribed from ended in .yandex or .ru instead of .com or .net. Asked the question and found out why. The first day of the Ukraine war, every one of those 900 plus IP addresses went away. Haven't seen any of them since. Why is that? Vladimir Putin locked down his country in communication with the outside world. Aren't you thankful we don't have to deal with stuff like that? What we're talking about today is bad enough. But at least we don't have leadership in D.C. that are actually shutting down our sources of information that we still have access to that the government is not telling us what we can and cannot look at, read, or watch. Well, they're not telling us that yet. So what's next in this Trump saga? Well, in New York, in criminal proceedings, an indictment is a formal accusation that a person has committed a crime. It's not evidenced. It's not been determined. And constitutionally, in this nation, everybody is considered to be innocent until and unless evidence proves that. In New York, a grand jury of 23 determined there was enough evidence to issue an indictment against Trump. The grand jury process is kept secret, supposedly, but jurors typically hear evidence from the prosecutor's witnesses before they decide to issue an indictment. Bragg's investigation into Trump, it stems from that alleged role he played in paying Stormy Daniels $130,000 in hush money. Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, claimed that Trump pressured him to make the six-figure payment to Daniels on Trump's behalf. And then Cohen wrote a letter to the court and made it very clear Donald Trump had nothing to do with it, didn't pay it, nobody in the Trump organization had anything to do with it or even knew about it. Michael Cohen, by the way, went to prison for lying. (laughs) He is a habitual liar. In 2018, he was sentenced to three years after pleading guilty to charges of tax evasion, misleading Congress about his past business dealings in Russia, and arranging payments to silence women. However, it's unknown what exact charges the grand jury's indictment of Trump includes. Next, local law enforcement got to process Trump. Whether he voluntarily surrenders himself to authorities or he will be publicly arrested and do a perp walk. Those are the walks where they're handcuffed and they like to parade them out in front of people in the press. I don't think that's going to happen. A perp walk is unlikely as defendants accused of white-collar crime typically coordinate a surrender date through their attorneys, and we've been told that has happened between Bragg's office, the court, and the Trump folks. A spokesperson for Bragg confirmed they're coordinating with Trump's attorneys to coordinate his surrender to the Manhattan DA's office for arraignment on a Supreme Court indictment, which remains under seal. Guidance will be provided when the arraignment date is selected. Previously, 
person in Bragg's office said Trump and his team would follow the normal procedures if the indictment happened and said there won't be a standoff at Mar-a-Lago with Secret Service and the Manhattan DA's office. So after his surrender is negotiated, and this must happen, by the way, he's going to have to go to court and appear in front of a judge. After this is all set up, he will be booked by law enforcement where he will follow routine steps for felony arrest in New York that include taking fingerprints and a mugshot. The first court date after Trump's surrender will be an arraignment hearing in a Manhattan courtroom, which is when the exact charges against Trump will be revealed, if not before. Trump will also enter a plea of guilty or not guilty, and then the judge will determine what amount, if any, Trump must pay for bail. So far, it appears unlikely the indictment will have any consequences for Trump's presidential campaign. Trump said earlier this month he would absolutely not drop out of the 2024 presidential election if Bragg's office indicts him. So there you have kind of a, uh, a way that it lays out. So what are Donald's people, what are they saying, if anything, right now? Joe Takapina, as Trump's attorney, he's the one that said there will be no handcuffs, but there may be a perp walk. By the way, in case you'd forgotten, Trump is 76, 76 years old. And what is happening has never happened in American history before. He will be, if this indictment really is real and it comes out, he will be the first U.S. president ever indicted. Now put that in the daisy chain of let's get Trump stuff. The Mueller investigation, Russia, Russia, Russia. Impeachment, not once but twice. Once when he was president and once after. (laughs) Go figure this is happening. And so if you, like me, think that there may be a little more going on than we know about or that they maintain there is, you just might be right there in the middle of it. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I think is going on. I think what is happening is we are in now a new stage of governing in the United States. What you're about to hear is a Danism. It's my opinion, totally my opinion, just like you. We all have at least one opinion. My opinion is with Joe Biden as president, the hardcore leftist, and I'm not talking about people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm talking about people that wield an amazing amount of power on the left in politics and business in every way. And in my opinion, those people would include somebody like George Soros. Soros is probably the farthest left, most wealthy politically involved person 
in the world, in dozens of countries. He hates law enforcement. He hates Donald Trump because Trump is a law enforcement guy. He desperately wants Trump to not be back in power here. He wants this nation turned into a socialist country. All of what I just told you is a matter of record. It's common knowledge. But there are others on the far left, and they have had this plan. They call it the New World Order. It's called a lot of other things, and it may not be something that's formal in a notebook that they can hand to you and give you the step-by-step instructions. Here's what a New World Order is. Here's what it'll look like, and here's how we're going to get there. I don't think that exists. But for any type of top-down, whether it's a socialist or an authoritarian or even a totalitarian government, before any of those can be implemented and put in place, they got to get rid of the opposite that they don't like. Innocent until proven guilty, the rule of law, government of, by, and for the people. They got to destroy all of that before it would ever happen here. How do you do that? You make sure that people that get elected are of the same political ilk as are you. And right now in the political landscape, the fly in their ointment is another four years of Donald Trump. They didn't like the first four years of Donald Trump and what he was able to do grabbing the United States and pulling us back away from the socialist, authoritarian, totalitarian abyss, pulling us back away from that and showing, not telling, but showing Americans what a free Democrat republic really looks like when it is government of the people, by the people, and for the people, and not government of the government, by the government, for the government. Barack Obama wanted to hand the keys to the White House to Hillary Clinton for her to serve eight more years. Donald Trump was the proverbial fly in the ointment for Barack Obama. Yeah, there's crickets in here somewhere. You hear those crickets? Joe Biden was the person, got elected. Whether you think he was freely, fairly, honestly elected or not, he is the president. And unless something happens, he'll serve two more years and almost certainly plans on running for re-election. And the big thing they like about Biden is he's, he's manipulatable. And they certainly are doing that. And you can watch and look at all the stuff that Joe Biden is doing, all the things that he's not doing, and look at the reactions around the world from Joe's actions or inactions. Look at what's happening in China, North Korea, Russia. Look at what happened this week in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, they announced they're building a massive new oil refinery in China. That would have never happened if Trump was still in office. 
we wouldn't be struggling with gasoline at the tank prices, $3.50 to $4. None of that would be happening. We wouldn't have any inflation. We wouldn't have added on 7 to $10 trillion more dollars in debt. None of those things would have happened. But you see, they had to make sure, and they've got to make sure now, Trump does not get back in power again. So what are they willing to do? Honestly, I don't know how far they'll go. I do know they're willing to do a whole lot more than have been done so far. No doubt about it. And they are very powerful and very committed. Tucker Carlson last night. Tucker, he didn't weigh in a lot about the Trump stuff going on. But what he did was he wanted to educate me and you to the fact of the hatred that the political far left, the brokers, the power junkies, the hatred that they have for you and me, you and me. They have control of us in more ways than any of us want to admit and certainly want to know are happening. But Tucker had somebody on last night that was the epitome of going after a political opponent that just happened to get in the way. And it happened in the second, at the beginning of the second, Barack Obama, Joe Biden term as president and vice president, respectively. Rob Blagojevich, Blagojevich was the governor of Chicago and they were committed to put him in jail, and they did. Here's Tucker last night with former Governor Blagojevich. So I think it's become pretty obvious to anyone who's paying close attention and being honest with himself that what you're seeing is not really a contest between Republicans and Democrats, the left and right. It's a contest between the people in charge and everybody else not actually partisan in a traditional sense. There's really one party on the big issue. The big issues being economics and foreign policy. There's total agreement in Washington. And so once you understand that, then you can go backward into recent history and reassess a lot of the things that you saw through a very different lens. And one of those things is the imprisonment of the Democratic governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich. And in retrospect, it's very obvious that he was sent to prison for political reasons, incarcerated for eight years on bogus corruption charges. His case is a lot more interesting than most people understand. He's learned a lot. He just responded to the indictment of Donald Trump. This is the Democratic former governor of Illinois. And he wrote this, quote, President Trump fired me, freed me, and now he's getting effed like me. Weaponized prosecutors are destroying our country, It's time for Republicans and Democrats to stand up and defend our Constitution against third world politics. Really a view that speaks for probably the majority in this country. Rod Blagojevich, the former governor, joins us now. Governor, thank you so much for coming on. Um, So tell us, Yuri, I think that tweet kind of summarizes it pretty well. But expand on that a little bit, given your own experience with a similar prosecution. Well, I had the misfortune of being arrested as a sitting governor at 6 o'clock in the morning. And when my little girls, five and 12 years old, were asleep, hadn't gotten up yet for school. And then it was a major event, and 
I was allegedly trying to sell President-elect Obama's Senate seat. It was a political deal. Obama started the whole thing, sent an emissary to me to talk about a political deal. The appellate court eventually reversed the sale of the Senate seat. It was a big lie, but Winston Churchill said a lie can travel halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to put its pants on. And so I see what they're doing to President Trump, and it's more than deja vu all over again to me. Uh, I don't like what they did to me. I would never give in. I fought back, and as a result, for political things, no one even alleges I took a penny. They gave me a 14-year sentence and put me in a higher security prison where no governor's been, where my home was a six-foot by eight-foot prison cell, and I was in there with people who committed murder uh, because they were trying to squeeze me, and they gave me this long sentence, I truly believe, to bury me and with it the truth because it was a corrupt prosecution. They tried me twice, used an unlawful standard to get convictions at a second trial when they couldn't convict me on their fake charges the first trial. And... They did it to a Democrat governor at the AAA level. What they're doing now to President Trump at the major league level is not only frightening, but this is probably, I would say, the most threatening thing to our republic since South Carolina fired shots at Fort Sumner at the start of the Civil War. This is a very serious thing. And I would say to my fellow Democrats, I was a Democratic governor, the first one to endorse President Obama. I supported Nancy Pelosi when I was a member of Congress. I would say to my fellow Democrats, put your country above your hatred for Trump and be against this weaponization of prosecutions by political people who have uncontrolled power and are going to destroy our freedoms. One thing I noticed, and thank you for saying that, and I hope you're not the last Democrat who stands on principle and mm -hmm. defends our system, um, but one of the things I noticed in your prosecution was that nobody defended you. And once you're accused of a crime, very few people stand up or even bother to assess the actual evidence. I was one of them. I had no idea what had happened to you. It took me years to figure it out. I'm, I'm embarrassed by that. But I wonder if being accused alone isn't a kind of sentence for the person accused. It's awfully hard when they accuse you like that, and they did with me. They, I was Roger Stone before Roger Stone. They arrested me with SWAT teams around my house. I was a sitting governor. And uh, they did it with a massive press conference and they said they were, quote-unquote, stopping a crime spree before it happened. Now, they played 1% of FBI tapes that they recorded, and to this day, they're still covering up the other 99% of the tapes. And in my life experience, and I know for a fact what's on those tapes, that the side that covers up the truth is the side that's lying. And the reason yes. they won't play those tapes is because they're covering up what they did to me. It was a frame-up. It was no different from a dirty cop who plants a murder weapon in the glove compartment to frame an innocent man. And they did it to a governor and they felt emboldened. It was a test case for them, and now they're doing it to an American president. And I love my country. It was some bad people in government that did it to me, and I, I cry for my country when I see what's happening now, that they would do something like this to an American president, irrespective of what party he or she is from. That's right. That's right. The side that is covering up evidence is the side that's lying. You really need to just put that on the refrigerator, because that is always true. Always true. What is that, the... Uh... The one that barks the loudest is the one that really stole the bone. A lot of different sayings that illustrate that. Far more going on than just Donald Trump in this. Got to be prominent. I got to be honest with you. There is much, much more going on. And sadly, you and I are going to experience it firsthand in this monumental first in American history fiasco that is playing out. And oh, by the way, we're going to go to break here on the other side of it. Alvin Bragg, he released a statement after the quote-unquote leak of the impending indictment against Donald Trump. 
Republicans pushed back last night, as you can imagine, especially those in Congress. We'll let you hear what Alvin Bragg had to say about that right after this. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Thank God it's Friday, right? Real truth. Real news. TNN. The Truth News Network. Hi, Tom Bodette, quote, checking in on my smartphone. Everyone's checking in nowadays at airports, restaurants, appointments with certain medical specialists. Seriously, people, TMI. Anyway, thanks to the Motel 6 mobile app, you can book a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6 on your smartphone and get a great rate. Then when you get to Motel 6, you can check in after you check in. Your friends will be totes jealous. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Do you mind? I was in a good place, and the world changed. Daily uncertainties became huge struggles. I've missed so much, especially the grandkids. A lot happened to all of us. It's okay to not feel fine. Small things each day go a long way. Make time for you. Take Take care. Me. Create a healthier relationship with your mind. Search Dear Mind for more. Authorised by the Queensland Government, Brisbane. Few things bring as much joy as the delicious taste of Coca-Cola. Like your first time camping or falling in love on a blind date. And now, our new Coke bottles are sip-sized and made from 100% recycled materials. So every bottle can live on to create more memories. That's endlessly refreshing. Coca-Cola. Bottles are made from 100% recycled materials excluding Captain Label. Enjoy the great taste of Coca-Cola in a new sip-sized bottle that's made of 100% recycled materials. Don't miss our iHeartRadio at-home session with Jesse McCartney. Presented by Hellman's. An exclusive and intimate performance. At a time when we're craving live music. Watch Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on iHeartRadio's YouTube. Missing that restaurant flavor at home this summer? Hellman's is bringing crave-worthy flavors to you. Serving up new drizzle sauces that you can put on pretty much anything. With flavors like cilantro lime, roasted garlic, and creamy chili honey, you can drizzle, dip, and dress to make home the best restaurant restaurant around married to the truth divorced from the lies fighting for the future tnn the truth news network truthnewsnet.org and again dan newman just to make sure we get the perspective out there for all of the things that we're rolling out in today's show about what happened yesterday and what is going to be happening between now and i'm pretty sure the fall of next year. Oh my gosh. We're going to be bogged down in this a whole bunch. Alvin Braggs is not a new face. He's not. He's been around for a long time and um, has done all of his legal work in New York. So he's very well known there. But you must understand this alleged Trump wrongdoing that happened. It was first put together by the, the predecessor for Alvin Bragg, a very famous name, Cyrus Vance. He was the attorney, the DA there in Manhattan, and he went after Trump. Cyrus Vance, he did almost exactly what Robert Mueller did in his investigation. He put a bunch of hardcore anti-conservative lawyers on his staff, and they dug and they looked hard, and they brought people in. They could find nothing in this deal that 
reached to the the uh, the level of needing to be prosecuted and charges brought against Trump. And then Alvin Bragg was elected. He ran for office. He was elected to replace Vance. Vance said he's not going to do it anymore. So Braggs comes in. Braggs looked at this case and all that Cy Vance had done with his investigators, had a lot of stuff put together about it. Braggs looked at it and said, there's no there there. He didn't have anything to do with it. So something happened between that point a year and a half ago and where we are today to change Alvin Bragg's mind. Now, I I can't read tea leaves, but I can put two and two and two together and know that it comes out six. George Soros lives out on Long Island when he's in the United States. So he's in a close proximity to Manhattan. And I'm sure George made a phone call or two to Alvin Braggs. Why? Because he gave him a million dollars, not directly, but through one of the front not-for-profits that George Soros famously makes his donations, political donations through. And oh, by the way, in case you didn't know it, it is illegal. It's against IRS regulations for a 501c3 corporation, charitable corporation to make political contributions. But then again, George Soros is above the law. I don't think there are going to be any IRS agents out in Long Island knocking on his door to you. So Bragg, he switched. He decided to go after Trump for whatever reason or reasons. We're going to find out. We will find out and find out at some point who was involved in making this thing get to this particular level? So I told you, Bragg's people, actually, they, uh, they came out with a response to the Republicans. Republicans have been after Bragg's now for a couple of weeks. So they fired back at House Republicans who were demanding documents and testimony about their case against Trump, calling the Republican lawmakers' demands unlawful political interference in an ongoing criminal case. It was in a letter that was sent today to three House Republican chairmen, Leslie B. Dubick, the general counsel for Bragg's office, slammed their, quote, baseless and inflammatory allegations that our investigation is politically motivated. I'm sure you believe that. Trump is the first American president to be indicted on criminal charges. The letter continued, the committee's attempted interference with an ongoing state criminal investigation and now prosecution is an unprecedented and illegal incursion on New York's sovereign interest. Somebody else weighed in. You're going to love this. Nancy Pelosi, of all people, she weighed in. She placed the burden of proof in legal cases. She changed our entire justice system because of Donald Trump. What do you mean, Dan? Well, she said the grand jury has acted upon the facts and the law. And she's writing this on Twitter. No one is above the law. Everyone has the right to a trial 
to prove their innocence. Hopefully, the former president will peacefully respect the system which grants him that right. I'm sure you picked up on what she said. She's been blasted all night and all day today on Twitter for what she said. Quote, everyone has the right to a trial to prove their innocence. Of course, that's the way Nancy Pelosi thinks. She's always acted that way at least, but that's not the legal methodology. In the United States, in our justice system, every person is innocent unless and until they're proven guilty. So, everyone has the right to a trial, but not to prove their innocence to defend themselves. (laughs) Do you think we're going to hear any more stuff like that? (laughs) You know we will. It's going to be one after another every day, all day. I, I, I didn't sleep at all last night. If you weren't at the top of the show, multiple reasons, but I was up all night. I didn't watch any news show, not one. And I can only imagine how the talking heads have been salivating on air, planning, figuring out all the methods that Braggs is going to use to put Trump behind bars. So Trump came out just a little while ago and um, he weighed in one more time and he's talking about the judge that will be presiding over this case, allegedly. After he got the initial shock of the grand jury indictment, President Trump is raging about the judge. He's going to be arraigned at 2.15 p.m. on Tuesday, now we're told. This judge, Judge Juan Mershon, was spotted arriving at the Manhattan Criminal Courthouse in casual clothes, flanked by two security guards. And that leads many to believe he's been chosen to preside over this case. Mershon previously presided over the Trump Organization fraud trial where the family business was fined $1.2 million on a range of charges. Friday morning, this morning, Trump took to True Social to complain that Mershon hates him and had been handpicked by Bragg and his crony. His name is Juan Manuel Marchand, was handpicked by Bragg and the prosecutors, which didn't plead viciously appealing. He also complained about how Marchand railroaded Alan Weisselberg, the former Trump CFO, into taking a plea deal. Trump claims he forced Weisselberg to admit guilt and that he treated anyone who didn't viciously. Early, early this morning, Trump attorney Joe Tacopino made a series of early morning TV appearances to fight for Trump. He insisted the former president would not be put in handcuffs when he's arraigned on Tuesday and that the Secret Service will prevent a circus outside the courthouse. 
Oh, well. Trump then, he quipped this a little while back last night. These thugs and radical left monsters have just indicated the 40th, have just indicated. That's the word he put instead of indicted, indicated. Oh, well. (laughs) These thugs and radical left monsters have just indicated the 45th president of the United States of America and the leading Republican candidate by far. They indicted him for the 2024 nomination for president. This is an attack on our country, the likes of which has never been seen before. It's likewise a continuing attack on our once free and fair elections. The USA is now a third world nation, a nation in serious decline. So sad. I agree with all of those things that he said. I do, except the grand jury didn't indicate him. They allegedly indicted him. As I told you at the top of the show, um, I wanted to get into this stuff. But I didn't want to spend two hours talking about it. But it is out there, and it has so many moving parts. And we're going to have so much in the way of conversations about this between now and whenever. None of us have any idea how long this is going to take. None of us have any idea what kind of turns, twists and turns are going to be on this. And so we're going to end the show early today in the next little bit. But before we do, I want you to hear from Louisiana U.S. Senator John Kennedy. And he weighs in about where you and I and most Americans are when we contemplate and consider the direction that Joe Biden is taking our country. And I probably don't need to tell you this, but Americans' opinions are pretty bleak. And I'm sure you've heard in the polling that most Americans, a big number of Americans, a large percentage, don't want Joe Biden to run for re-election. If he was doing such a great job, wouldn't there be all kinds of support for him to run again? Facts don't matter to the left today. I don't know if they ever did, but they don't today. And the opinions of the American people mean less. Oh, by the way, the rule of law means less than those opinions. John Kennedy on a new poll. A brand new Fox News poll revealing the majority of Democrats want somebody else besides President Biden to run for the Oval Office in 2024. It comes as Donald Trump has a double-digit lead among the Republican field in the primary. It's grown even bigger as the poll has him at 54% ahead of Ron DeSantis at 24%. Joining us now is uh, Senator John Kennedy. Uh, Senator, first off, on the uh, the President Trump doubling the number two spot, Ron DeSantis, uh, how do you how do you assess that? Uh, what do you what do you think it is? I, I think part of it. Uh, I haven't seen the cross tabs of the poll, but part of it is um, um, the, uh, the 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 shenanigans in, in New York. Uh, people, many people believe that the uh, uh, attempted prosecution of the president is political. Um, but 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 look, Brian, a- anybody who tells you polls don't matter is looking at a poll that <laughs> that they don't like. Okay, 
Um, but it, it's it's very early. It is very early, and I, I wouldn't sell. I wouldn't sell my wedding ring and bet on the fact that the field is set on either side, Republican or Democrat. Mm -hmm. President President Biden's uh, numbers among Democrats, about 55% of the people will think that uh, they're just not quite sure he's up to the job of being president or or finishing a sentence for that matter. He could mm -hmm. he could uh, he could draw opposition. Uh, I think Gavin Newsom w would like to run. Mm -hmm. Governor Newsom is He's he's got very pretty hair, and I think he'd <laughs> I, I think he'd like to to run, and and I'm sure there are others. Pretty hair, but ugly policies out there in California. I heard Joe Rogan talking about uh, President Biden said he can't put a sentence together. Look, what do you make of the Democratic presidential nominee polls? Uh, you have 52% say they want someone else. 44% said they want to keep Joe Biden. Well, those aren't strong numbers for President Biden. <laughs> Having said that. Um, he's not going to announce that he's not going to run for re-election, and, and he may run for re-election for all I know. He's sure acting like it, yep. but I would expect him to act like it. Um, he doesn't want to become a lame duck any sooner than he has to. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But one of the problems, Senator, as you know, is uh, the number, part of the new Fox News poll, 90% of those responded said they are extremely or very concerned about inflation and higher prices. And that is followed by crime at almost 90% as well. Yeah. And here's the thing, every time Joe, every day that the White House is not talking about inflation is a good day for them because it impacts everybody. Well, m most Americans aren't really rich and they're not really poor. They're in the middle. Right. They're unhappy. I don't blame them. They look around and see too many undeserving people at the top getting bailouts, too many undeserving people at the bottom, bottom getting handouts. They're getting, they're getting the bill. Um, they're very worried uh, about, as they should be, about their job and the economy. The president keeps telling them, look, the economy's just fine, uh, but, but, but it has not gone, gone unnoticed among most Americans that... Uh, they have to sell blood plasma in order to grow to go to the grocery store yeah. and their 401ks are crashing and they're worried about their kids and they're worried that in some schools they're teaching the kids that all white people are racist and all black people are oppressed and all women are victims and most american parents look at people individually and they're they're just not happy with the with their, the direction that America is going, and they're not sure that their future is going to be better than their present or their past. Senator, have you decided if you're going to endorse anybody? Oh, I don't know. It's just, as I said, it's still very, very early, and I'll say it again. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't sell my wedding band and bet on the fact that the field is set on either side. But you would be probably voting for endorsing the Republican and not Joe oh, Biden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, right. a... No, uh, let me take just just a wild guess. Yeah, yeah. I would expect so. <laughs> and don't sell your wedding band. You'd have a lot of explaining to do. I would, but you know, you can get a cheap one on the internet if you lose it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you might be a couple hundred you bucks ahead. Know. But it but it will turn your finger green. Okay, <laughs> That's that, right. if you buy it on the internet. <laughs> Indeed. Right. All right, Senator, have a great day and a great weekend. Thank Thanks you. for dropping by. Mark Twain of this century, John Kennedy. We're going to get him on this show. I promise you we're going to get him on the show. He's an amazing guy. And as you hear him, when we have him on and you hear others have him on, uh, 
in real life. He's just like that. Just like that. Well, let me wrap the show up today by encouraging everybody that's listening. Don't get discouraged. Don't allow yourself to go into the tank over any of this stuff. It's just not worth it. I had a Sunday school teacher back in 1970. It was in high school, 1970. Sunday school teacher. And here's what he said about worry. And remember in 1970, politics were probably just as fragmented as they are here today. In large part because we were wrapping up Vietnam and all those GIs that were coming back from over there, those that did come back, they had no clue why they were there. It was horrible over there. They watched their buddies get maimed and killed, and nobody knew what the purpose for being in Vietnam really was. And then they come home, and the American people, they protested against them. They spat on them. They didn't do anything wrong. Most of them were drafted, didn't have any choice but to go over there. So things were very fragmented around 1970 when I had this Sunday school teacher and he was talking about young men and those of us in this class looking ahead at what we were going to be when we grew up. What were we going to do with our lives? And he made a statement that has stuck with me for all these years. How many is that? It's uh, 20, 30, 40, 42 years has stuck with me. He said this, you don't need to worry about anything. Think about everything, but don't worry about anything. And when you're tempted to worry about something and really let it eat you to unbelievable depths, Ask yourself this question. What difference is that going to make a hundred years from now? In other words, life is short. After life, if you're a Christian, you believe in afterlife and you believe things are going to be a whole lot better. So what difference a hundred years from today is all of this Donald Trump pending stuff? What difference is it going to make? Don't worry about anything, but be concerned about things that are substantive and not just symbolic. And I thought I'd end the show today on a good note with a good song. Andy Grammer. Title of the song, (laughs) It's Good to Be Alive.
right about now. <laughs>